And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for being with us today. You've joined the podcast for broadcast media sales professionals. And Phil, this is our episode on change. Change is in the air, man. So let's talk about managing and handling change. Because in this business, that's something that, you know, we've seen happen over and over and over. And it can be absolutely maddening. There's so many changes in our workplace environment, in our management environment, in the economic environment. There's just things that we've got to manage. So from my POV, I wanted to address it from where can an account manager, where where can a station manager really dig in their heels and deal with change? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of it that happens just around us and we get pulled along with it. And there's really nothing we can do. If the, if, if the rules of ownership change, um, all of a sudden, you know, you're working for a nice family organization and now you get bought by, you know, a, a big multinational corporation. I, I remember taking over radio stations in the Bay Area that were family owned for 30 years. Wonderful stations, mm-hmm. well run family organizations. And here I came in as a representative for a giant national network with all of our own systems, everything being computerized. And these people had to go through tremendous change. And let, yeah. me, ju- let me just say that I was very grateful to those people who worked there who were able to manage through the change that we put on them. Because I wasn't sure when we started that how many of those people would be able to stick. And Not many of them did, did they? Well, all of them did. And, wow. that's, and that's why you know, I salute them because I wasn't sure. We need to talk. We need to talk with people like that. I mean, I started in a family-owned uh, uh, station group uh, as well in 1990, and things changed quickly. Within six months, we were bought by you know multi-market owner, and like they say, you know, families are dysfunctional. Put the fun into dysfunctional. They say a lot of different things about families. Not everybody gets along in a family, but there is workability. Sometimes when change comes, people, you know, they dig their heels in. They don't, they resist change. And and a lot of times it's more about personality, personality issues. You know, hey, I like things the way they were, not understanding or seeing the signs of change or the need for change. But to your example in San Francisco, that's pretty impressive. It was very impressive. That, you know, an organization can go through structural change, ownership change, not just change with technology and change in the other advancements, but really what I want to present for everybody listening is that when has it not changed? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's the constant in our business. I mean, just take a look at, if you want to look at the radio business and the television business, radio consolidated so dramatically, so quickly that the whole ownership landscape changed. And we're seeing consolidation now in television where mm-hmm. big groups are buying each other and smaller groups are being bought up. And so there's fewer and fewer independent groups owning stations. And that leads to significant change within those how organizations. Com- how, about, how about competitive change, Dave? Well, in, yeah. In the 90s, uh, we were looking at newspaper being the dominating force and the internet was just barely started up mm-hmm. at that time. And we were concerned that cable penetration is going to erode the marketplace. Satellite radio is going to be the death of ra- uh, of radio terrestrial. Uh, now I, today, I heard on the radio, by the way, just the other day, Video Kill the Radio Star, that song. <laughs> and that was the first song played on MTV. 
Yep. Because that and, was that was what people were expecting, right? They were expecting yeah. that's it, radio's over, everything's going to television. Well, yeah, it, but it isn't the end of all things. One 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 thing that came up when we were talking was uh, I went back to 2008. I was transferred to Los Angeles from El Paso. I had a really banner year. The market manager said, "Hey, we need some help in in Los Angeles." And I got there, you know, obviously thinking that I was going to the show. And one of the things we were we scratched our heads for way too long because we didn't recognize change, Dave. We didn't, we didn't, we were wondering why business was peeling off so badly. Car dealers were going dark after being such loyal and faithful monthly partners of ours. And it was really quite stymieing. So obviously this was the prelude to what then became to know as the big economy, you know, dropping yeah, flat, right. you know, yeah. and, and the bubble burst. Sure. And, but it did take us months to recognize that we were in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing change is something else. It's if we can identify that change is, is constant, that the best account managers, the, the best station managers alive today are the ones who manage change well. You're going to get a new station manager. You're going to get a new sales manager. You're going to get a new program manager and a new whatever manager. That's going to happen. So we have to deal with personality changes. And so I think if the smart AE can get over their story about the complaint of change and just jump right in the middle of that river of change and let go of the edge, right? I think that's where the water flows faster. I think you know, if you get over the story, the argument of change, our account managers that are listening right now will do so much better if they invite the change, if they expect the change, and they look for the change with a different attitude than one of resistance. Well, I think that's a that's a very valid point. So much of the change that we have to deal with is change that is going to happen with or without you. So yep. we we need to be able to embrace that. And to me, change you know, to your point about not recognizing the economy changing around you, right? So change can happen around you. In all these external things, whether it be the way that our viewers and listeners use media, that has happened around us because the media choices have changed. Yeah. So change can, uh, and, and the economy changes, so change can happen around you. Number two, change can happen to you. And so if you're in the sales area and all of a sudden they say, here are all these other assets that you need to sell. Here's how your compensation is going to change because of that. Here's the person, the regional person that you now have to be responsible to. Mm -hmm. All of that kind of change can happen to you, right? The third part, which I think speaks to your your position is change can happen through you, right? True, great point. No, I, I no, yeah, I think you just said it better. Change because if if you are the catalyst for advancing and welcoming change, I had wrote in my notes while you were talking. Change is advancement. Change is new. Change is uh, obviously we talked about being constant, but that person that invents it or reinvents themselves mm-hmm. to then change will go through them and yeah. and they can be an that advocate for change that person that says bring it on i got this i i'm smart enough to work in all of these multiple elements and nuances of all things new i think that's a very powerful way to say it yeah and not only that but you can also be better for it you know absolutely if absolutely. you're if you're out of your comfort zone and i think that's what 
change is all about. People fear it because it forces them to do things that they're not comfortable doing or looking at things in ways that they've not looked at it before. So it reverts back to the lizard brain fear that we have in, you know, innately in us. And so we try to battle change because I don't want to be fearful of the unknown. But if you give yourself up to that and you allow people who are bringing the change to you and you allow it to go through you and you become a conduit for change, I think you'll be able to get through it and advance yourself because of it much more quickly than if you just put your feet down and go, that's not the way this is going to work. And well, let I me, don't want to do it. Let me, I'm going to shift something. You, you made me laugh a second ago because I, I went back and said, man, I know things change. Like my commission changed in 1994, changed again in 97. And that's one of the things. So I wanted to address one real thing about change. When change is, is perceived as a negative, uh, that, uh, hey, we're taking a cut in commissions. That's happened to a lot of folks. I mean, on the agency side, we don't make commissions like we used to. And most of us have gone to a fee-based service arrangement with our customers. So there's change in the environment and the way deal constructs are put together. And the way that salespeople are compensated, I'm glad to see that some organizations are putting account managers on salaries and, mm-hmm. and so forth. But there is a, there is that part of like, hey, management's out to screw me. They, they're cutting my commission again. What, what do you say to that, Dave? Well, you have to be able to look at that and make a determination as to whether or not that's something that you are going to be able to embrace. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know some people that have had, again, those circumstances around them change It's affected their compensation levels to the point where they have decided they can't go forward. Right. Okay. That's a good decision for you to make. You make the best decisions for you you and your family. And so go ahead and make that decision and change again. Mm -hmm. Change your environment. Change your trajectory. Change your employer until you get to a point where you're satisfied and happy doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think that all comes with the construct of change is you can have it go through you and ultimately you will either succeed or you won't. You know, what came up for me right there, Dave, was that you are not a victim. You're no, not a victim of change. No. Because what, what, what you just said was very empowering. And, and that's where people should say, look, hey, if, if, if this is a negative, then I, I hope most people can get this. That when you can react, some people will react and go with the change and others will be adverse to the change and will need to make a secondary change themselves to get themselves in alignment with how their values are and and so forth. But I think that's a very powerful way that you just said that. The fact is that I am not a victim regardless of the change that occurs in my environment in the workplace and the economy and the politics of the business that we're in. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of goes back to that story, you know, the people that complain. We've worked in organizations and it's like every time Bob hears some bad news, he goes on a rampage and there's the, the meeting after the sales meeting, right? Right, uh, right. <laughs> you know, where everybody gets together and talks about, well, what in the hell was wrong with Dave Burke today? Right. You know, um, where some of these elements are hashed out in real time. And I think part of being a change advocate, meaning that person who rolls with the changes, as our friends from Mario Speedwagon used to say, they need to step up or step off and take responsibility for their next path. So we can have it. We, we can fight it. 
or we can jump right in the middle of the of this river, you know, this torrent of change that is never going to stop. And ultimately, you're in control. Correct. You know, you're so it, it's about control. a position. It's about a position, a mental yep. state. Yep. You know, something something along those lines. There is one area, though, Dave, I want to touch on, and I, I've been wrestling with this. I have a few ideas, but we talked a minute ago about change in the '90s and newspaper and you know cable breaking up broadcast television and satellite taking over terrestrial radio. All of these things. Right now, we're we're seeing a lot of change of investment. We're seeing dollars move from one medium to another. It seems like a lot is following the the digital love affair. How do you feel about that change that's going on? And how, how should people be dealing with the change when money changes pockets, if you will? How, how, how do we feel about that? I, you know, I, I don't I don't know how I feel about it, frankly. It's, it's a reality that we deal with in that there's a lot of interest in spending money on digital products. Obviously, there's a lot of money that's being spent uh, on the digital products. In fact, I heard from a, uh, an ad agency owner here that was uh, talking to a good friend of mine who runs a, a local cable system, and they were talking about that. And the agency owner said, I want my clients to spend more money in traditional broadcast television and radio, but they don't want to. They want me to steer their money more into digital. So I think that there will be a rebound. I think we're starting to see some of that now. But... Think about this, you know, when our parents were alive, the newspaper was their voice of authority. And during their right. lives, during their lives, television was, radio has always been around, but television was invented and really became in the forefront back in the, you know, the late 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. That's when we were, you know, another generation of kids was brought up with television already existing. Didn't exist in our parents' life until later in life, and then television was existing. In my generation, the baby boomer generation, television existed our entire life. That was our voice of authority, not the newspaper. During our life, the internet wasn't, and that came to the fore. For our children's lives, they've always lived with the internet. That's their voice of authority, not television, not newspaper. So... The internet now, as these people are growing up, are becoming business owners and having more power in decision-making. This is just my own hypothesis. Sure. Are steering money and becoming much more comfortable spending money on something that they have grown up with and know intimately and feel differently about than maybe people in the generation before them. But all that being said, I think that ultimately... There will have to be more money being spent on core products as well as digital products because they really do work hand in hand um, it, much, much more effectively than if you just buy one or the other at this point. That's kind of how I, I feel about it. Yeah, and I'm glad that you said that. Uh, there's, a, there's a few things here, and uh, I promise we'll wrap up. My take on change of, of what's going on in the digital space right now from my from my agency POV is that I think we're reaching a a saturation point where cost per thousands and return on investment elements. Remember, I I operate in a real Mm -hmm. specific direct response space. So I think we are starting to see saturation levels where you're getting pushback from advertisers who are not seeing these glory stories anymore in the digital space. Mm -hmm. So there's, there hasn't been 
it seems like digital space has a rampant 180-day turnover for new invention and new uh, ways to tackle digital spend. So it seems like dollars are pursuing ways to do one thing, get return on investment fast. And I think we're reaching a level of saturation. The second point that I'll make is that, interestingly, as this social change of media voice of our lives is today rooted in social media, The biggest spenders in traditional media are now getting ready to surpass Procter & Gamble spend. So Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and Google, their spend levels are now uh, uh, in in 2019 and and set to, uh, to lead in 2020 will be the terrestrial market's largest advertisers. Mm -hmm. So digital companies are relying on terrestrial media. I say this, we need to take on change that... Our media friends, meaning our radio stations, our television stations, our digital friends, everybody in this environment, we've always relied on one another. It does take the village, right? I do need ample amounts of radio audiences, ample amounts of TV audiences, the digital space. And most marketers, you know, from my my point on this is that as an advocate for advertising, I need it all. And I think now change is happening. Let's embrace it. Nobody's putting on the brakes in my company. And I hope our listeners set and understand, you know, take a look at themselves, Dave, and go, how can I be an advocate for change too and quit fighting this? You're Mm going to get along, you're going to get along much better and you're going to make a lot more money, Dave. And I think those are two changes worth taking on. Yeah, I agree with you. You've got to be able to embrace it. It's not going to change. You know, the only constant is change. So <laughs> right. um, let's embrace it and learn from it uh, and benefit from it for both ourselves and for our clients. Perfect. Dave, great stuff. Thank you. You've been listening to Media Sales Mojo. I'm Philip Gabbard. And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, if you have a question or a comment about any of our podcasts or any thoughts about our business, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is drop us a line at askus at mediasalesmojo.com. Ask us at mediasalesmojo.com. Thanks for listening and good selling.